have a cool battle rap intro, so I'm just gonna get it started. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna borrow somebody's, but you know, it's times too. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the Only Sports Podcast with Brains and Bars. You're tuned in to another episode of It's a Black and White Thing featuring A1 and A Ward. You can check us out um, wherever you find the good podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate everyone who is listening. You can also watch us. This is a visual medium as well. We are live right now on YouTube. By going, you can find that by searching at Brains and Bars on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, share the broadcast, hit the like button. We appreciate all of you who are watching. Um, you know, again, this is a small time operation, but the numbers are looking promising. So I appreciate everyone who is, uh, who's watching, who's checking us out. One subscriber away from 100. Hey. Uh, you know, about to hit almost at that first milestone. So if you're watching this and you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that notification bell. Uh, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can be notified of every time we go live or when new content drops. You can also follow us on social media by searching at Brands and Bars on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, got the Facebook fan page, Twitter, and Instagram. And I might change my handle on TikTok at some point to the Brands and Bars handle. Right now, it's it's my actual former stage name. So if you just search a one T help, or as that's what Loso says every time I join uh, on his uh, caffeine broadcast, A1 The Help. Um, if you search for that, you can find me on TikTok. I got clips from the show. Um, that might be one clip from my son who's messed around TikTok. Everything else is show related. So yeah, people out there as well. Um, as you can see, I, I'm not doing this by myself. I got the homie A word with me. What's going on with you, sir? Not much, man. Another Tuesday, right? Yep, I got Tuesday, the day right. Man. Tuesday, yeah, like this is kind of like when we record, like we're getting into yeah. a to a habit, you know, kind of little back and forth I was having with. Um, so tonight we'll also be joined by Danny Thompson. Um, he's a contributor to the Three Point Conversion. I believe it's the threepointconversion.com to check out all the content they have there. He covers the NBA, and um, he I was like, yo, like he's in he's in Carolina, so I'm like, um, do you know what time you're coming on? I'm like, cause I I don't want you to show up at six o'clock. Uh, or seven o'clock, and I really meant eight o'clock your time. And yeah. So he's like, "Well, what time do you want me to come on?" I'm like, "Whenever you like." I mean, yeah. is it seven or eight? It don't really matter. We can do both. So, um, so yeah. So he'll be joining us here in about thirty minutes to talk about the NBA. Until that time, uh, you and I are going to discuss a couple of things. We got a nice little show lined up. We're going to start with the NCAA men's tournament. Although I will say this: shout out to the women's tournament. Yes. I've been keeping up with that. Um, North Carolina and Ohio State played a fantastic game last night. Came down to a shot at the buzzer. Um, not the buzzer, but about eight seconds left. Ohio State advances. That was a good game. Um, I haven't had too much to watch other than that, but we're talking about the men's tournament. Um, and, you know, it's been an interesting week of basketball. So I just want to start by getting your reaction to what you have seen thus far with this tournament. Ooh, my reaction is that, once again, you can't predict anything that's going to happen in March Madness. I just, I feel like, you know, a lot of times we're like, 
well, you got to be peaking at the right time. Or, oh, you have to have experienced, uh, experienced team. Oh, you have a point guard is necessary to go to go far in the tournament. You know what I mean? There's all of these things. <laughs> and it's, it's really a case of styles make fights. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's who can, who's, who's putting the ball in the basket and styles make fights. You know, so it's like, you know, you're looking at teams like Princeton that are now in a sweet 16 and a 15 seed. You know, you're looking at teams like Duke, who had won, I think, 10 straight ACC tournament, you know, was on fire, was supposed to be that team, you know, that are they're sitting back at home. You know, you're looking at teams like Kansas, who kind of out of nowhere lost their coach, didn't expect that for the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. You know, I like to believe that probably played a little bit of a factor, but, you know, the parity in college basketball is unlike no other, you know, uh, Teams like Arkansas could win the national championship. They really could. They, Arkansas could literally win this national championship, you know. And um, and so, yeah, it's been exciting. Um, you know, day one, we had a really, really exciting, you know, with Furman. Um, and then you come back with uh, Purdue losing and a couple other big upsets. And then since then, it's been some close games, some really tough games. And then there's been some blowouts. So, But it's been fun. It's been interesting. Yeah, and you know, um, I think we we talked about this previously last year at some point. Um, you can go check that out by by subscribing to the podcast and finding which episode that is exactly. But um, we talked about the paradigm shift that had been ha- taking place in recruiting in college basketball. How it wasn't just the blue buds, blue bloods who were getting the five star recruits. It was starting to be those, um, you know, the Gonzagas of the world. Arkansas is starting to get, was putting together a squad. Texas yeah. was trying to get these recruits. Bama. Bama. Right? Um, and so I, that is now also you see that shift taking place in these games, right? Like I think right now almost half the field are five seed or higher, right? One double-digit seed in Princeton who was there, who's there right now. Um, and you, you see this, this landscape changing and shifting where I think I, think I saw a stat that said the, in the last two years – 2021 and then this year you have a sweet 16 without kansas duke kentucky or carolina in it right so i mean granted you still have ucla which is a is a superpower historical superpower but you're not i think going forward because of the transfer portal this is one of the the one of the few good things that come from the transfer portal you're starting to see more and more that the now it probably will be two of the last three because kansas won it all last year well 21 and 23 so Kansas oh, so won it in 22. Okay, yeah, gotcha, 20, gotcha. So 2021, 2023, none okay. of those four teams made it, right? So you're seeing this 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 landscape, the shift. And, you know, I'm, so I, I'll ask you this question as it relates to kind of that shifting landscape in basketball because I saw this after FDU beat Purdue that there's no such thing as a upset anymore. There's no, no such thing as an upset anymore. So when no. you – what is your response to that? I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I mean, I think they're. I think maybe on a scale of uh, twelve five, maybe even thirteen four. You know, um, you're maybe still looking at those teams like I don't necessarily know that there's an upset there. You know, but no, like <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like to me, Fair Dickinson beating Purdue is an upset. It is a huge upset. You know, it is a it is a monumental failure on the part of Purdue who has what is probably going to be the unanimous player of the year and, you know, played day in, day out against what, six or seven other tournament teams. I don't remember how many of the big 10 got in, eight. you know, eight, 
State, you know, and they're playing Fairleigh Dickinson, you know, whose biggest player is probably 6'4", 6'6", <laughs> six, six, something like that. I think 6'6". Six, six, they did not have a player over 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like games – and even then when you – like even even then when you look at um, – uh, Teams like Princeton or whatever against teams like Missouri, or not even Missouri, but like uh, Princeton Arizona. beat uh, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> no, like th- these are still upsets. These are still huge upsets. These are you know, I think it still considers them upsets. The payout, <laughs> the payout is still an upset payout. You know, the parity has not reached <laughs> I, Vegas. I, I, I guarantee I, you that. <laughs> hey, listen. I mean, we had a conversation about that, and I'm like, listen. I think uh, FDU was plus two thousand. I yeah. think uh, to win that game, and I'm like, it, you have nothing to lose by taking at the start of each tournament and taking ten bucks and just throwing them on every sixteen. Yeah, and 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 the you know it's now happened what twice in the last four years. So I mean, granted, it could be another thirty years before it happens again, but take ten bucks, put them on all four sixteens, see what happens, and maybe you yeah. you come back with a little scratch. If you if an FDU um, or a UMBC happens to to make your make your weekend right, um, yeah. I'll one of the big about, things is like physicality ahead. in college basketball is not really a big thing anymore. You know what I mean? Um, just with foul trouble and just referees trying to keep it. So when you look at team, when you look at football, you know, like if you had you know you know University of Alabama against you know Alabama State or something like that the physicality just is going to win the game for you almost period, you know, and you just don't have that in basketball anymore. There's not that, there's not that physicality component that says like, even though I'm way taller than you, like guys are fast, guys are athletic, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like I, so I too agree with you that there, there are such things as upsets. FDU beating Purdue is a massive upset in part because of the size disparity that you mentioned and there are a couple of things. I didn't get a chance to read the article in its totality, but I did skim it. And so it talked about the anatomy of, of an upset. And it mentioned the fact that one, that Purdue had a uh, really young guard, shout out to my uncle, mentioned uh, experience being a factor in some of these upsets, but they had really young freshman guards and that they, of all their losses, that they lost to teams that pressed, teams that were that were trying to press for 40 minutes my thing is, is this, if you know this Purdue, Matt Painter, why are you not trying to do something to prepare? You know you're facing a team that's going to run a press. I'm assuming you think that they're just, you just overwhelm them with your physicality and your size. It did not work. You literally have a man who was 7'4". Yeah. And during the broadcast, the announcer says, I think they have a sideline report that says, they're going to front Zach Eady because they don't think that the guards are going to give him the ball. Right. And they fronted him. And they had help on the backside, but he's seven. Like the guy on the other side of him is six, six two, six, six three. Like no, the guy fronting him is six it's six. The six, guy six. behind him is six one. Yeah. Lob it up, tell Zach, catch it, pivot, pivot, and just lay it <laughs> in. Like there's nobody there. Like I don't, I don't like the game plan from Purdue to me was astounding. That you let this guy that they they played, treated him like Westbrook. I mean, that's my guy. But they had their guard, I think uh, Smith, Braden Smith, I think his name. They're saying shoot it. 
and he can continue to put up shot after shot. But I think you're yeah. noticing that, like, the familiarity of teams when they play in conference, I don't know that there's too many, like, times where in conference play do you have to make crazy halftime adjustments. Like, you know, like, coaching in the in the tournament is such a is such a huge thing in, know, in knowing your personnel, making adjustments, different things like that. You know, in the tournament, it's key because you're, you're playing teams that you've never seen play before. You've never – you're not familiar with their coach. You're not familiar with their recruiting. You know what I mean? None of that yeah. kind of stuff. Even from year to year, like, Purdue – to be familiar with Izzo next year. You know what I mean? They, they don't, there's not a whole lot they have to, ah, uh, new team type thing, you know? And so yeah. I think you're noticing that there's a reason why I thought Mr. March, Tom Izzo, is still sitting here after having a very up and down Big Ten year. You know, K- Kansas loses, you know, probably because Bill Self is not there, you know? Um, and, and you got, you know, some teams that are just very, very well coached that are that are still, you know, in the tournament and some teams that like at Kentucky, I firmly believe Calipari's goal is to get kids to the NBA, and he does not care about winning anything in March. Like, I firmly believe – I mean, he's a coach. He wants to win a national championship, but I firmly believe he recruits kids to put them in the NBA and make millions of dollars, and everything else is an afterthought, you know? You're at Kentucky. Winning champ, You that has to matter to you. I mean, they were there were They got to be ready to get rid of him. They have to be, right? I mean, I can't yeah. imagine – Listen, during the season, there were yeah. fire Calipari yeah. movements that were starting to build. Then they then they started their run. They ended up getting in that six seed, but it was looking shaky by midseason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were like, I think we're ready to move on from him. So yeah, mm-hmm. it a- absolutely happened. Absolutely. So I, I, <laughs> so I listen. I, I I'm um, I'll say this about Matt Painter and I'll move on. I never call for people to lose their jobs. You will rarely hear me on this show say that guy should be fired. But I think in the last three years, he's now lost to a 16, a 13, and a 12. If that isn't grounds for removal, I don't know what yeah. is. This, with this landscape shifting the way it is, Purdue can win a national championship now. And you have one of your best teams in... Granted, they already they always have I know. a pretty decent team. But I don't know about that. It, I think he exceeded expectations this year tremendously with like the young freshman guards. I mean, you did have Edie coming back, but I think that I think that nobody expected him to be at the top of college basketball for most of the year. Maybe maybe three, four seed, maybe, you know, something like that. But I think because he exceeded expectations in the regular season is why. Like if he would have came in like, yo, this is the clear cut winner to win it all and get sixteen shoot. Then we're looking at you like, you know what I mean? But I, I think with that, with, with, with the young guards that he did exceed expectations. But, yeah, with you. But, I mean, you, then you have to look at Virginia, too. I mean, outside of the national championship, Virginia's in the same boat with coaching. Listen, man. Listen, 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 listen. That championship from Virginia is a stain on our country that we can never <laughs> wash away. All right? They beat Texas Tech, right? That's what they beat? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it goes slavery. Jim Crow, Virginia winning that championship, Charlie Clips rounds to jazz. Stains <laughs> on our country that we can never wash away. It is re- I hate their brand of basketball. It disgusts me. I I picked them to win that first round game, and I was happy that they that my pick ended up failing. It hurts my chance to win our bracket challenge. And I was excited, elated. That they lost the game because it's just it, they're, they're, it sickens me. I hate their brand of basketball. My uncle agrees with you. He says you're he says A Ward is right. 
saw a documentary on Coach on uh, Cal that says his goal is to get kids to the NBA, and if they win, what they're doing, they get to the moment. So there you have it. I'm telling you, you look at you look at the NBA, it is full of Kentucky players. And you look to yourself and say, how did they not win another championship after Anthony Davis? You know what I mean? Like, like it's just wild. You're just kind of like, seriously? Yeah, so let's jump into this because we need to jump into this Kings versus Queens conversation real quick. So um, your picks to come out of the bracket now, do you happen to know who – have any idea who's in the tournament at this point? I have a bracket in front of me, so I can kind of run through the teams if you need me to. Uh, no, I, I, I can pretty much do it. So I got Houston beating Miami in the Midwest Regional, and then I got okay. Texas beating Xavier. So I've got Houston and Xavier meeting in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, down in the South, I've got Tennessee beating Florida Atlantic, and I got K-State beating Michigan State. So I got Tennessee and K-State coming out of that region. Um, we got Alabama, San Diego State, I believe it is. I got Correct. Alabama winning that. Um, Arkansas, UConn. I don't think this is on the same the same one, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of going off. Uh, you got, I got Ar- well, Arkansas, UConn is the West. So the okay. uh, other matchup in the South is Princeton, Creighton. Okay, Creighton. Yeah, Creighton's going to be. I mean. Yeah, that's that's just like little big brother, little brother right there. It's like, hey, you had a good time out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like when you after you battle some URL guys, then you go back to King of the Dot. <laughs> you know? so, but um, yeah, Creighton, Creighton's gonna win that. So you know, I got Alabama Creighton playing that one, and then I got uh, UConn Arkansas. I got UConn beating Arkansas, and the bottom one is Naga UCLA. Ooh, it's probably gonna be the toughest one to pick out of this whole the whole thing. Um, and I'm gonna stick with the Zags, even though they weren't very great in their last game. Um, I'm gonna stick with the Zags. I'm taking Gonzaga, UCLA. So that'll be my lead. Gonzaga, UConn, Arkansas, Bama. Okay. Gonzaga, UConn, Gonzaga, UConn. Okay. Yep. Gonzaga, UConn, Bama, Creighton, yep. Tennessee, K State, yep. and Houston and Texas. All right, so who you got from them making the Final Four? I got Texas beating Houston. I got K-State beating Tennessee. I got um, Gonzaga upsetting UConn. Uh, UConn. And I got Alabama beating Creighton. So then I got okay. Alabama, Gonzaga, Texas, K-State. The emotional hedge in picking K-State to beat Tennessee. And I it's just it. because the one-two punch with the guard, bro, Keontae Johnson and Noel, like, they get buckets. You know what I mean? And it's like, like, Tennessee, if we can somehow get the physicality that we played against with Duke, but it's just like, to me, I just trust Noel and Keontae Johnson just from a get-bucket standpoint over any of those guys that were on Duke's team. You know? So it is an emotional hedge. I think Tennessee could win the national championship. I think, you know, they're one of probably the – five of the, the 16 teams left that could actually win the national championship, considering that they've already beat Kansas, Texas, Alabama, you know, teams like that by double digits, you know, in big games this year. And they've already won a tournament in New York City. They, you know, I think, oh, no, actually, I think they won. They won on Atlantis. I thought they won a preseason tournament. But, yeah, they played in New York City, I think, against Maryland earlier this year, a ranked team that beat them. So I think Tennessee is one of the five teams left that could win it all. But that matchup with K-State, if we get Michigan State, we're in the Final Four. I firmly believe that. But that matchup with K-State is going to be tough. The, the matchup with Florida Atlantic is not going to be an easy win either. So, Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, that's our NCAA coverage. You can check us out um, by going to Brains and Bars um, on Facebook. 
or YouTube and checking out that or going to the podcast site on Spotify, Google, um, or Apple. Um, so let's uh, let's jump into the game that we played last week, the battle rap game. And I'm going to – we have it a little bit more polished this time. Hopefully not as many technical difficulties. So here we go. I'm going to solo the screen, and then we're going to get this show on the road. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Battle Rap Game Show, Everything Good, where we talk to battle rappers about the hot topics in the culture today. Joining us tonight will be a battle rapper from Kansas City, Missouri, one of the best in the Midwest. He is known by as that white boy by Averb, and also by Averb, the guy who stole his name. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for A. Sorry, Verb. I apologize. I apologize, Averb. I'm a thief. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So shout out to you. Thank you for joining us tonight, sir. So we got a couple of things on the docket that we want to talk about. We're going to start first off in the world of RBE, ARP, and the Brick by Brick brand just released the second of their 10 battles from their card, Divide and Conquer, Ill Will versus King Los. Before that, they released the battle, Mook versus Big K. So, sir, I'm going to ask you to react to those two announcements from the esteemed platform rbe boom murder mook versus big k uh very 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 dope matchup i think it's exciting um i definitely think you know with big k's performance in his last battle that um he if he can perform like that again this can make for a very 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 incredible battle um i do also feel like that it is a prisoner of the moment type of uh jump from big k you know, um, we know Big K is held in high regards for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, after one battle, after, a, 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 to me, a couple of years of mediocrity, I did kind of find it as a surprise that all of a sudden he would be battling Murder Mook. But we also know Murder Mook is a strategist and, you know, he's tactical on who he will take. So it could have been something in the regards of Murder Mook saying, no, I'll take that battle. You know, and that's one of the only battles I'll take rather than, you know, um, RBE opening up their checkbook and saying, like, we're going to do whatever we can to get Big K this, you know? Um, so I'm not mad at that matchup. Excited to see what it's going to be like. Hopefully the round, I mean, I assume that the round limits are going to be, you know, uh, 3 to 3.30. And, you know, we saw what Big K can do when he wraps five-minute rounds. So hopefully, you know, he, you know, does his thing and prepares just like he did his last battle. And excited to watch Moot come back. Always excited to see Moot come back. So ain't nothing wrong with that. So I think that's that's a dope. All right, cool, cool. All right, so we appreciate your takes on that. Um, I I think there have been some um, some consternation from fans of these are random matchups. Like why did why these four gentlemen right in these two? Oh, matchups I didn't even talk about the other one yet. Though I was I was gonna go with with Mook and then switch it over to the other one. So. Oh well, you know what. I'll give you a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> Ill will King Los. I Ill got will. the buzzer ready. If you go over time, I'm going to call time on you. Ill will stole my battle, and I'm not happy about it. That's what I feel about <laughs> this one. Um, you know, I really wanted to battle King Los. We went back and forth on Angry Fan. He said I was a battle that he would definitely take. You know, I don't look at – I don't know what kind of um, – uh, I don't know if King Los is the type of guy that battles back to back multiple times a year, different things like that. So it's really kind of a wait and see game for me. Ill Will deserves every battle he gets. He's a professional. He's one of the best in the world. Um, but this one to me came 
completely out of nowhere. You know, um, did not expect it, did not anticipate it. Um, and selfishly, you know, kind of looking at it like, damn, you know, uh, <laughs> but these battles can make for great battles. There's been events before where we just saw things like you kind of throw it to the wall, see if it sticks. And they turned out to be great battles, you know? So, um, Four guys, four professional guys, four guys that at their highest level are very talented. Could definitely be two very, very good battles that they've that they've thrown together for divide and conquer too. So shout out to ARP, shout out to RBE. Yep, yep, and I'm pretty sure the pay per view is going to be on RapGrid.com. Make sure you get it. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to jump that price like what happened on Chrome 23, but make sure if it's available, go get it as soon as possible. That's only two announcements so far, so you never know. They might that 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 joint might be a hundred dollar pay per view. <laughs> shout out to RBE, shout out to uh, Lauren, shout out to ARP, the whole team over there. Oh, there's a timer. All right, so now let's jump into URL. URL had their Kings versus Queens 4 event this weekend on live on Caffeine, only if you paid the 25, although I'm, I'm not going to shout out Bootleg Gang. I know Bootleg Gang exists, but I'm not going to shout you out. Um but uh, let's start. Let's start from top, to, from bottom to top on that car, and let's start with the first matchup of the night: Shuni versus Suge. What was your reaction to that battle? Cue the flashback edit. This is where you jump into last time's game show, where I said this was my upset pick of the night. I took Shuni beating Shotgun Suge, which was definitely the biggest upset of the night. And what I had was Shuni as performance of the night. Um, out of all the battlers, I gave it to Shuni. Um, she came in there. She um, <clears throat> executed. Uh, she was poised. She had nice material. Uh, Suge was a little sloppy. He was a little. His delivery was a little off. He was a little frustrated and didn't have his nice material. And Shuni cleared him. You know, I think that's what we saw. And a great bounce back battle for Shuni, considering we were there live to see her verse hustle and it didn't go as planned. So very proud of her. Glad that she you know got busy and took out a vet like Suge. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I, it was definitely caught me by surprise. Um, I think I had Shug. I, I had just disclaimer. I had all the men winning except for one battle in particular that we'll get to it a little bit later. Um, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I got I got Shoni pretty clear off first watch. I haven't had a chance to watch it back, um, but I'll, I'll do that now. We're gonna have to put a pause in the game for a second because, as promised. We have in the building joining us from the three-point conversion, Danny Thompson. He covers the NBA for the channel, for that platform. Please check them out. And I'm going to add him to the stream now. Danny, how you doing, sir? I mean, A1, when is the last time we've been on a podcast together? Man? It's been like almost <laughs> – It's I mean, been a minute, man. I think you had hair then. I don't even know yeah. if they did podcasts back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I had a little bit more the last time we were on. Last time we were on, but um, it's glad to have you back. Um, I'm hoping to be more consistent this year, so I'm hoping to definitely have you on as we continue throughout the rest of this NBA season and into uh, the playoffs and beyond. So, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We very much appreciate it. So, I want to start by asking you this question. You know. I, I know for a lot of people like myself, I have become so immersed in the NFL and college football throughout the year that I don't pay as much attention to the NBA until the Super Bowl and the season is finally over. So for the person who is awakening from their basketball slumber, what have we missed outside of the things that, you know, Kyrie and 
uh, LeBron and some of those things. What have we missed while we were watching the NFL? Can you bring us up to speed? I mean, you get away with it because you're wearing a Kansas City Chiefs shirt tonight. That's what you get away with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the thing is, if you have your bingo card, the Sacramento Kings having the second best record in the Western Conference, then you should be in Vegas making a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking, you know, we, we, everybody in the league knows about Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. Um, you know, the Lakers are the Lakers, LeBron James, and the injuries, whatever it is, every single year. But the big story to me is across the league this year has been the play of the Sacramento Kings. Um, I, I wrote about them last week on my Substack, and the Kings are literally the most watched, the most watchable team on League Pass. If you have a chance to get NBA League Pass, the Kings is worth staying up, and I do pretty much on a nightly basis to almost one o'clock in the morning watching the Kings. It's more than just Mark Jones covering the game, which I love Mark Jones, by the way, as, as a broadcaster. ESPN's Mark Jones. But the style of play, it is an up-tempo style where they use Demonis Sabonis in very similar aspects to what Nikola Jokic is used like in Denver. You have you have an efficient De'Aaron Fox who's been the most efficient of his entire career. Kevin Herter is coming off screens, um, looking like J.J. Redick on the other side. You have Malik Monk coming off the bench, just adding instant firepower. Harrison Barnes, uh, Keegan Murray. They have so many guys on that team, and it, they're just fun to watch. And they're the underdog story. They're really the underdog story in the league. Mike Brown, you know, LeBron cast them aside in Cleveland. They got to the finals. He went to the Lakers and it failed, and he was exiled. He got under the, co- the coaching tree of, of Steve Kerr for the last couple of years, orchestrated this offense, and the Kings The Kings are not only the highest scoring team in the league, A1 and A Ward, they're the most efficient team in the NBA. There's a difference. You can score a lot of points, take a lot of shots, but this team's percentages are literally off the charts. They're literally the most effective, the, sec- the second best efficient team in field goal percentage in the NBA, and they shoot literally one of the lowest three-point percentages of uh, attempts in the game. That just proves how it's how efficient they've been all year. Um, if you want to look at that storyline, it's been an amazing storyline. And then you have the race for most improved player with Oklahoma City, Shea Jonas Alexander, and Lori Barkin of the Utah Jazz. They're fighting for 10th place. If you would have thought the Jazz would have been fighting for 10th place uh, with the roster they had, trained Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> trained Rudy Gobert, um, they traded Mike Conley early in the season. They almost traded Carmelo and John Stockton at one point in the season. So <laughs> to literally get to be where they are, Lori Markin, who's been thrown away by so many teams, he was given up on in Chicago. Cleveland didn't really have a space for him. He couldn't find really much of free agency. Has gone to Utah and looked like the player we saw in college. He's looking like Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, uh, I would say a a light version of Dirk Nowitzki in some kind of way. Averaging close to 25 and 10 a game. Shooting high percentages all over the court. Close to 50, 40, 90. And when you're scoring 25 points a game, shooting 50, 40, 90. It's, and he shoots a lot of threes. So that's, 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 not, that's yeah. the take of the it's a it's a high accolade for someone like that who's mm-hmm. coming off the improved year. And Shane Jones Alexander, if you look at his numbers across the board, only one player in the history of the league, guys, has averaged over 31 points, over five and a half rebounds, over over five and a half assists, over a block and a half, and over a steal a game. Can y'all name that one player who did it in a single season? Jordan. LeBron James. Michael Jordan in his his, his double season where he won the MVP and defensive player of the year the same season. That's the only time in the history of the league this has happened. And he's doing it for Oklahoma City team that doesn't have Chet Holmgren. Um, Josh Giddy is extremely fun to watch at, at that point guard position. And 
those are the stories in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference is what Joel Embiid's been doing to the entire NBA. Um, he's you could say he could have won the MVP the last three seasons, um, and this year he's taking down everybody. <laughs> I think his assistant back destruction on a nightly basis of what he's doing to everybody. Um, and he makes it look easy. He's making it look easy and make it look effortless. Um, other storylines. Listen, the New York Knicks once again are are fun. The Knicks are fun. Uh, Julius Julius Randle scored fifty seven the other night. Um, he could have scored sixty. Um, Jalen Brunson has finally given the city of New York a point guard and somebody to cheer for. And the NBA is always fun when the Knicks are competitive in the East. Definitely. They don't have a championship, but if the Garden is on center stage in the playoffs, it, mm. it's fun to watch. Um, so those are some of the storylines. There's plenty other ones, but some of the ones that are off the top of my head and the one of the ones that. If you've been in your slumber after celebrating your Super Bowl, this is what you're coming back to. <laughs> Man, I picked the wrong day to wear the Chiefs shirt. I'm I root for Kansas City to do well, so I'm happy that they won. I'm a Niners fan, but I root for KC to do well in every other circumstance. So, you might as well go ahead and shake. You're in Kansas City. I'm good. I'm good. Not, not yeah. bang bang Niner gang till I die. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to I want to jump back to, to something you mentioned. One of the storylines, Joel Embiid, right? I, I a couple of weeks ago, right around the time that you know uh, Perk and JJ Reddick kind of had their explosive chain exchange on first take, there was this this idea that Nikola Jokic was running away with the MVP. That this award already had his name on it. Since then, the Nuggets have started to falter a little bit. The uh, Sixers were on an eight-game winning streak. They just lost last night to the Bulls to end that streak. But in that game, like you said, Joel was killing everything, 37-16. Giannis and the the Bucks went on a 15-16 game winning streak. So at this point, from essentially from the time you had that blow-up on first take to today, how has the – in your mind, how has that MVP race changed? When they before the explosion, I was agreeing that Nikola Jokic was the MVP of the league. Um, it, it's difficult when you've never had a season like Jokic is having. And it's hard because when you won the MVP back to back seasons, it's like okay, what can you do in a third season? That's why it has it's, it's rarely happened. You know, last time a, th- a player's won three MVPs in a row, it wasn't Michael Jordan; it was Larry Bird in the eighties. What can you do different in three years? You know, what can you do? And Jokic's third MVP candidate. He's putting up a triple double. It's like the Patrick Mahomes effect, right? I mean, it's the, it's the Patrick Mahomes effect, right? It's kind of like it is. It's like okay, what more can you do? You know, it's like yeah. LeBron. It's like the LeBron James effect. What can LeBron James do differently to to give him an MVP trophy? Because he's never yeah. won so many. In Jokic's case, in year three, like if you look, go back and look at the other two MVPs, Jokic won the first year because um, Embiid didn't. Embiid missed too many games. It was just like the fact that he missed too many games the first year. Last year, Embiid was the MVP until the Sixers acquired James Harden. Embiid's numbers started to tumble a little bit, and Jokic was averaging almost uh, a team with no players around him, was putting up 35, 12, and I think 10 assists a game in the last 25-plus games. And this year, Jokic is averaging a triple-double. Now, is the point total like it was last year? No, because Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, Jamal Murray's healthy, Aaron Gordon's playing out of his mind. So it's not the same scoring load, but it's a triple-double. We might have been immune to the fact of, you know, Russell Westbrook's had triple-doubles in consecutive seasons. Like, we just – it become numb to it. 
But with a seven foot center is averaging a triple double, shooting 60, 40, 85. <laughs> He's shooting 63% from the floor, 40% from beyond deep, no, 80% from the line. Like it's it's insane numbers. That is that that's the 2K by player numbers that we all come together to play in 2K. That's the that's the numbers I'm putting up on 2K on my phone. Okay, I'm putting up those numbers getting A pluses. But that's what Jokic was doing. But then, like I said, since the spat, Embiid, he says he's not worried about the MVP. He just wants to take this game to a different level every night. And he's hitting game-winning shots. He's literally dominating um, everything on that side of the ball. You mentioned Giannis won 15 straight games. And, you know, Jokic has had statement moments that never happened. Uh, you go back to the Brooklyn game, I think, about a week ago. He had two chances to win the game and miss both of the shots. Now, mind you, he only missed two other shots the rest of the game, but those two shots he missed with the game on the line. Um, but no, Embiid, I think to me right now, Embiid has overtaken Jokic, even though Denver has the record they have. What Embiid's doing is incredible. Like, he's really, you know, the first player to go 30 and 10. It, it, no player has gone 30 and 10, I think, in 35 years. Shaq didn't even go 30 and 10. That should tell That's you crazy. That's crazy. Can you can you speak to like how much like the athleticism and then those highlight plays really matter in this like MVP conversation? Because I know I've seen like the highlights of Embiid like literally blocks a guy, the ball comes back, he turns around, he blocks another guy. Like he's literally like you know like these these plays that you're looking at and you're like, yo, Jokic can't do that. You know what I mean? And it's weird to say that because Jokic is not that type of player, but they do highlight these plays. And are there like moments during the year? where, like, there are MVP moments that you think that are, like, cataloged throughout the rest of the year that they look back at? I mean, you look at some games Embiid's had where he's had close to 40 and 50 points in those games with, 20, with 10, 15, 20, 15 rebounds. He's blocking two or three shots in those games. It's kind of similar defensively to what David Robinson was doing in the 80s and the 90s. Um, he's just blocking shots you know, on that side of the floor. You got to think, when I say David Robinson in the 90s, you think, oh, he leads like a shot block. No, because Olajuwon was there, too. Shaq was yeah. there. Yeah. Skinny Shaq was blocking shots. So it's a little different NBA, but he's blocking shots at a high rate. You know, he's defending the rim, but he's also giving you 30 points and over 12 rebounds a game on offense. He's, I think he's second in league in scoring, I think still behind Luka in scoring. He's he's carrying an offense. He's grabbing rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's getting the passes every now and then. He has a bigger offensive responsibility. But there are nights when Nikola Jokic goes for 30, 20, and 10 assists in the same game. You look at like, he just he basically affected over sixty points in the game. That's yeah. unheard. Of. That's that's almost unheard of. It's not like he's chasing down rebounds like Russell Westbrook. It's not. It's not that type of triple double where he's where he's out rebounding Stephen Adams. No, no, no. Jokic has literally been consistent at 13, 12, 13 rebounding game guys. He's getting it on a nightly basis. Their MVP candidacies are different because Jokic doesn't have the defensive numbers. What Jokic has is literally the most efficient season in the history of basketball. That's what his argument is. Embiid's argument is he's not only killing you on offense, but he's also changing the game on defense. Mm -hmm. So that's where the argument comes in, and it's really what your preference is. If you're a stat guy like myself and a a data geek, I look at advanced numbers like on a daily basis. So I love advanced numbers because it tells a different part of the story that your usual points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals doesn't tell you. It feels percentage. If you look at those numbers, and beat, it beats everywhere. But if you look at what the what goes behind the layers and depth of it, you see so much more. And that's why I started my Substack because a, a lot of common basketball fans only see the, the first layer. 
but there's so much underlying layers behind it, uh, you know, trying to merge the, the, the two together to show that basketball is more than just those same simple stats that we see every day. So, Ward, who you got if, as it stands today? MVP, who you got? Jason Tatum. <laughs> no, no, but I, I don't. I just, because, I just said Jason Tatum's name because we've talked a lot about the NBA. I haven't mentioned the Celtics yet, who I personally think are still one of the front runners to win the NBA title this year. So, but no, I'm probably taking Embiid. I'm probably taking Embiid. Um, you know, that's that's the closest that a Tennessee Vols ever going to get to an MVP, and Tobias Harris plays on the <laughs> other side of him. So, I'm going. I'm going with uh, Joel Embiid. <laughs> Ah oh, man, um, I'm gonna take Giannis. I understand that a lot of this voting is narrative, and what they've done in the last three weeks to a month has been really amazing. But I think Giannis overtaking the Celtics, going on that winning streak, they're likely going to end up with his number one seed. I think they have a two and a half game lead on both Boston and Philly. I'm going to go Giannis. So I'll ask you, Danny, as it stands today, who you got um, as MVP as it stands today? It's 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 Embiid by about maybe a length in a horse race. It's close because Joker, Joker can go on a week where they just destroys everybody and we're right back to the same conversation over again. But if I had to place my vote now, it's on it's on Embiid. And it's close. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy. Like this race has been this close in these back-to-back-to-back years, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. So if Joker were to actually get it, I don't think that's a bad selection by by, by the, the the voters. Um, and if Embiid, it almost feels like Embiid has to get it because, one, Joker's already got two, Giannis has one, so it's like, okay, it's his turn now. And the way, like you said, as you mentioned, the way he's played down these last couple of weeks has been amazing, but... Yeah, there's no wrong answer to that. So I wanted, since you did bring up the Celtics, I do want to ask Danny about the Celtics. They had the, they were the number one seed in the East for most of this season. They faltered here down the stretch. You got Jalen Brown. You know he does this interview with the Ringer. He's like, "Well, look, man, they tried to trade me, and once you try to do that, like I understand it's a business, but I'm not sure if these guys really want me." Um, you had the KD trade. They His name was brought up last year. When KD, the trade came back around KD this season, the front office had to contact Jalen and say, look, you're our guy. So there's a lot going on with this team. And that's that's before that's not even mentioning what happened at the start of this season. What's mm-hmm. your take on what's going on with the Celtics as they stand right now? Well, the, Celtics are, the Celtics are fine. I, I mean, there's certain times in the NBA where – if certain players become available and you have a chance to get them, you have to have the conversations. You have to. I mean, Kevin Durant becomes available. You have to. You, you make the phone call. You have to. Which, if Giannis became available tomorrow, you don't think that the Celtics would make a call about Jalen Brown for Giannis at this point? That's, that's, that's not, that's not. I mean, listen, when you have a chance to get a top five player, you do it. You have to. And the NFL is the same way. If uh, if a player comes available, let's just say if the say the 49ers had a chance to get Aaron Donald. God forbid that happens. But yeah, it still happens. <laughs> yeah, God forbid. <laughs> you don't think the 49ers would put almost 90% of that roster available to go get Aaron Donald? Yes. Okay. Kansas City would trade for Aaron Donald with the exception of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They would probably trade anybody on that roster to get their hands on Aaron Donald. 
because it's Aaron Donald. In any sport, you do that. Um, the question about Luka Doncic and the MVP conversation, okay, valid. Luka's campaign was kind of hurt uh, twofold. One, he's been injured. He's been injured the last couple of games. Um, and that had a lot of – and then uh, the same thing that happened with Embiid last year, they added Kyrie Irving, you know, and Dallas has struggled. Dallas is in that that vortex that is called the Western Conference seeds, what, five through 12. 12. They're in that matrix. So they're not standing out in the matrix right now. So um, unless Luka can, Luka and Steph Curry, because Curry was in my top three for the the first third of the season because he was just killing it for the Warriors Mm -hmm. until he got hurt. Unless Luka and Curry just really just go supernova in the next two and a half weeks, because uh, the season season ending pretty soon, there's you know Luca be Luca's fighting for All NBA the first team at this point because Shea Joseph mm-hmm. Alexander has every right to say he's first team All NBA right now, so he's fighting for that life right now. So I also think how the Mavericks have been losing too. You have to take that into consideration too. They're blowing like 15, 20 point leads. They're you know fumbling the ball on last second shots. The continuity, the visual aesthetics of like Luca in the fourth quarter and the Mavericks winning games is very very off right now. I think the the one thing with that is that you you put in two of the best fourth quarter scorers in the league together, and people think on paper it's going to work easily. Both guys are ball dominant. Kyrie Irving leads the NBA in fourth quarter score, and it's not close. So when you have that, and then you have, of course, it's Luka Doncic. Like it's literally Luka Doncic sitting right there. The guy's giving thirty three points a game. So you have all of that. It just takes time. You make this trade. The one thing I hate about the trade deadline is. There's like 20 games left in the season. So teams have to really figure out how this is going to work in 20 games. Yeah. So that's the that's the part that gets to it. I think Dallas is more worried about next month than right now. They're worried to make sure that these two are on the same page with Christian Wood, with Tim Hardaway, with Dwight Powell, with all those guys in the rotation, Maxi Cleaver, who came out of oblivion and almost buried Lakers the other day. Bullock is a dog. Bullock is a dog. I like Bullock. Yeah, 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 but Reggie doesn't hit water, but like once a week. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you when you look at that that team, they have to find the continuity because in the Western mm-hmm. Conference, one thing about the West is it's not about team, it's about matchups this year. The wrong matchup gets the wrong team put out in the playoffs. There's no team in the Western Conference that's matchup proof at this current moment. And that includes Phoenix because we don't know what Kevin Durant and Phoenix is because he hasn't played. So yeah. we don't know. And Memphis gets John Morant back hopefully by the end of the week. And they haven't been all together and healthy. And Dylan Brooks is yeah, whatever Dylan Brooks is doing. Um <laughs> Denver, if they get like a, if they get the wrong matchup, they can be put out of the playoffs. And the Kings. They've got no playoff experience except for Sabonis, so they're just basically playing with house money. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't know what the Western Conference is. A little bit more concrete in the East, but not so much concrete in the West. So let's jump back to the West here real quick, and let's talk about – you mentioned Dylan Brooks. Let's talk about the Grizzlies. John Morant is scheduled to return to the team after taking some time off um, and being suspended after having the gun on Instagram – um, and so my question, and A-word, I'll start with you and then come to you, Danny, is can you really turn your life around in two weeks? Because, like, he he checked, he was going to Florida, John Morant, that is, to get to work on stress and cope with things like that. He came back a couple of days later, 
got a suspension, sat out, and now he's back. So what exactly are you working on in two weeks that Ayala Van Zet is, is – was that like a, a camp led by Ayala to get things turned around? Because I just don't know how you deal, find, find the keys to deal with all of that in two weeks' time. Can you turn your life around in two weeks? No. Can you make a conscious decision to turn your life around in two weeks? Yes. You know, and I do think that like basketball is probably his entire life. So in the midst of making that conscious decision, taking him away from everything he's ever known, probably going to convolute it to the point to where it's more difficult to actually turn your life around, you know? So I think a reality check could have set in, you know, I saw his interview today. I think it was where they, they asked questions about rehab or something. And he said to the extent I've never had an alcohol problem you know um i was just there to help manage stress and different things like that he's gonna have to answer a lot of those types of questions you know for the rest of the season you know and he's also gonna have to continue to play very well so i think it's to be determined but i do think you can make a conscious decision to change your life and then keep the right people around you for the rest of the year and see how that works but no i mean i don't think that he has to necessarily turn his life around 180 immediately for him to be successful the rest of the year I think it's just being a 24 year old, you know, it's, you know, if you go back to what we know, we all were 24, I'm not going to ask the ages here, but we all know what we, what, things that we did, we were 24, we were 24, you know, we all did dumb things in our, in our 20s, you know, and there are things that, you know, we look at it now as we're at a different pace in our life, like, damn, we really did do some stupid things in our 20s, our early 20s. John Rant did some dumb things in his 20s. The only difference is he has a $200 million contract. He's the face of a franchise, and he's a walking target everywhere he goes. Yeah. And people say, and, oh, and he's in Memphis. And he's in Memphis. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention the city. But yeah. he's a walking target. So it's like people think, oh, you got to think. Not everybody knows how to handle all that. If you go back to what he said in the bubble, he's, he worried about mental, yeah, mental health concerns when they were in the bubble. Uh, if you go back to the Taylor Brooks interview, he mm. talked about mental health. This is back in the bubble, and that he struggles with that. You know, I've I've been in locker rooms with, with players for years and different and multiple sports, and you'd be surprised how many guys in their early twenties you think they have it all together, and they don't. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I see what Walton's saying, but there's also a saying too, Walton. Rappers want to be basketball players, and basketball players want to be rappers. That's a fact. That's, that's what it really is. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Basketball players want the hip hop lifestyle. Most of them do, and, and almost every rapper wishes they, for the most part, could be getting could be on the NBA court. So yep. I think sometimes that's where the lines parallel and they blend. Um, a situation that kind of is similar to this that people aren't talking about is what Carmelo Anthony went through his first couple years in Denver. He was in some real, real weird, some weird, crazy situations, and Carmelo guys like together. You know, he got he changed the circle. I think someone once told me, like, in order to elevate yourself to the next level, you have to change the people around you. You bring more like-minded people in. You know, it's hard to say leave your friends behind or the people that got you to a certain point, but to get to the next phase of your life. And Josh says he wants to be a billionaire. He wants to be that type of guy. You've got to change that. And you've got to change the people around you. I think this time away, I think you'll it, it taught him what this really is. You don't want to be the first NBA player to go to the streets. Ask Miles Bridges. That life ain't good for you. That is not. <laughs> man, man, Miles Bridges, wow. So I want to say this about the Grizzlies. And I, I understand that, you know, they put a lot of pressure on themselves with the things that they've said, things that they've done. 
But I do, I hope Ja recognizes that for him in the pursuit of a championship, he landed in the perfect city, right? New York, LA, the Lakers in particular, Boston, there are certain pressures that come with being with that franchise, those franchises, and the expectation of winning. Memphis is going to love you only if you love them back. That's their only requirement. You go back and look at that grit and grind era. That grit and grind era had some good teams, but they were never true threats to win the championship, in my opinion. And they are beloved to this day. If you go there, put out your best effort, and just simply love the city, they're going to love you back. I mean, Zebo, for God's sakes, is a legend in this mm-hmm. city. And given you and given his troubles and his struggles early in his career coming into Memphis and the fact that he was able to be embraced by the city. Ja, I get it, man. You want to win whatever other outside pressures, but as it relates to basketball, that city's going to love you as long as you love them back and give your all. And that's it. I think the same thing. He's like I say, he's a 24 year old kid. He's got the way of the world. He's a father. He has a child. He has so much on him. Like I said, imagine what we had to do it with two hundred million dollars. It ain't easy. Like it's not easy. It's not easy managing that life. But Facts. as far as far Facts. as what the Grizzlies are going through, listen, the Grizzlies haven't won anything. Okay, so I can hear everything Dylan Brooks and those boys are saying, and, J- and you know, Jared Jackson talk with you know Dylan Brooks and and John Moran. They're not scared of anybody, but you have to win playoff series for uh, for it to mean something. You can't play one series or. Maybe maybe win a game in the second round. No, no, no. You got to get to the conference finals. You have yep. to get to a game five or a game. You got to get to game six or a game seven, and you have to cause damage. That's why when the Warriors say we're not worried about you, they're not worried about you. Mm-hmm. No, the, the the Lakers, the only team that teams in the Western Conference have to worry about is Golden State and Los Angeles, because those are the last two teams that made the finals outside of Phoenix, and that was a lucky run for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was lucky run that year. They just got lucky. I want to lead it. I want to lead into this as we get ready to wrap up our time with Danny Thompson here. I want to ask this one last question. One last note on, on, on the Warriors. I want to bring this up too. The Warriors, and I don't know if I said this in the last episode, the Warriors, if they made the playoffs, they've either, since 2014, they were eliminated by the Clippers in 2014. If they ever since then, if they make the playoffs, it's championship or finals loss. No Western Conference team has eliminated them from the playoffs since 2014. I don't count the play-in loss. To me, that's not the playoffs. It's the play-in to the playoffs, right? So the Warrior, uh, the Grizzlies eliminated them in the play-in a couple of years ago. But if they get into a seven-game series, no one's defeated them. So, uh, Danny, as we wrap up our time here, I want to ask you one last question. There's been a lot of discussion this year about the state of the league, the all-star game, low management, Damian Lillard had an excellent interview on J.J. Reddick's podcast talking about the NBA is worse today than it was when he started because of leadership and veteran talent. So from your perspective, as someone who is staying up watching Kings basketball to one in the morning, salute. I'm there some nights, too. I got league fast. Kings are very entertaining. Um, from your, From where you sit, how do you assess the state of the league at this point of the season? Damian has a lot of points, a lot of points. Um, you know, there was a statement. To actually, go back to Brooks. It was about um, when they were talking about leadership in the Grizzlies locker room. They need leaders. But Dylan made a point, and it was a really good one, a very underrated point, where he said that if you want us to go grab a veteran, who are we talking about here? Dwight Howard, 
We're talking about, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony. Those guys aren't really here to try to help lead. Those guys want to get back in and they want to play. Mm-hmm. A real leader is someone like Udonis Haslam. Mm-hmm. There are very few Udonis Haslam in this league right now. You can probably count them on one hand. How many guys, Udonis Haslam and Taj Gibson, those guys that are just don't say, you know, they might not play very much, but they hold such a veteran presence in the locker room. I wish a team would go sign Isaiah Thomas. He's the same way he did in Charlotte last year with the Mellow Ball. There are very few guys in the league that just want to be able to help the next generation. So Dame is right. There's not leaders in the locker rooms anymore because there's no veteran. Every veteran wants to be part of that. I'm playing every night. I want to be on, on TV every night. Very few guys want to lead. So Dame is right. Um, as far as the state of the NBA, this has been the most fun the league has been in a long time. This has been the most fun. You guys joined the little bit the party a little bit too late. That's okay. We still got drinks at the bar. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the most the most fun because as I mentioned before, there are eight teams in the Western Conference still fighting for uh two playoff spots and not trying to get the playing game. Like nobody wants to play the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors in a playing game situation. Because not only are you playing the Lakers, you're playing LeBron James, you're playing the referees. You're playing Steph Curry, you're playing the Warriors, and you better hope you're not playing them at home. Yeah. Because if you, yeah. get, if you get Golden State on the road, Golden State's done anyway. Yeah. They, no, can't, no, no. they can't win on the road. But there's so many storylines. It is so much more fun. Um, you got teams that are bad. That happens every year. But there's not one team that we can say right now that's going to say, yep, they're going to they're going to hold that Larry O'Brien trophy in June. There isn't one. There's too many teams that have enough to say we could win it, including a Ward Celtics. They got enough, even with Jalen Brown being unhappy. And you got the Spurs and the Rockets beating teams that are fighting for playoff bids right now. And you're looking at them like, how? You've won 16 games all year. What is going on? Spurs fans are getting angry, angry by the men that keep winning games. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think I might have lost Danny there. Uh, Dang, I was going to have it. If we did lose him, uh, I thank him for joining us. I think we did lose him. So I thank him for joining us, man. Uh, check him out. I have to get his sub stack. I'll get it posted in the comments. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to remove him. All right. So we appreciate him joining. You got a couple of minutes to finish up this Kings versus Queens recap? Yeah, yeah of course. All right, cool, 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 cool. So uh, we stopped at, I think we just got through the first battle, right? That's it, yep. All right, all right. So the next second battle on the card was, sucks, I'm blanking. It was one copy. DNA and KCJ, right? DNA, KCJ. Yeah, DNA, KCJ. So you got a minute, 30 seconds on the clock. DNA versus KCJ, go. Uh, DNA and KCJ, I thought um, I thought it was a good battle. I thought DNA's first round was rivaled round of the night um, for for the most part. Um, obviously, as a rebuttaler and freestyler, love seeing DNA turn a highly embarrassing moment into a haymaker. Um, he is one of the few people in battle rap that can do that. So if you didn't see, I guess he slipped on some water. You know, he, he does, you know, it, it, was, it was a bad look, but like DNA, you know, comes back up, freestyles about it, drops the building. Um, I thought KCJ was good at times, um, but I had DNA clearly win in that battle um, and thought he had a good performance. Uh, not, I wouldn't say a great performance, great first round, but second and third round, uh, tailed off a little bit, but I thought DNA had a good performance against KCJ, who is known for her opponents that are normally normally males forgetting their lines. And I think I said this as well, if we want to do a flashback, that DNA was not going to choke, and he probably was going to have a bar that spun off the idea. 
that he did. So I really was in my bag last time on the game show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, I agree. DNA had a really good performance. I thought Casey J's performance was good as well. Um, I think for me, DNA might have been my male performer of the night. Um, I think Shuni was my female performer of the night off on the on the queen side. Um, I think it's close between him and Twerk. We're going to talk about that in just a second. As a matter of fact, yep. we'll go ahead and segue into that battle: Twerk versus Coffee. Coffee's return uh, to the stage, first main stage battle. I did not know that until until it was brought up during the event. But how do you call Twerk versus KCJ? I'm sorry, Twerk versus Coffee. Excuse me. <laughs> um, this is is is. There's two ways to look at this battle. Now, most battle rap fans will say, no, there's only one way to look at a battle. And if that's how you believe that you have to go round by round, first round, second round, third round, and that's the only way you can look at a battle. I hate to tell you guys this, but this battle is very debatable if you look at it that way. Twerk comes out, round of the night. First round, took him a little while to get into it, but my goodness, the last eight bars of the first round, haymaker after haymaker after haymaker, Coffee's first round, she doesn't even catch the coin. Uh, it falls on the ground. Her earring falls out. She's trying to give her belt to somebody. It's it's like a case of like, oh, this is my first main stage battle. It's almost like the nerves. The delivery was all off. Twerk smokes her in the first round. Second round is a close round. Coffee's best round of the night. Very slick lines. Nice wordplay. A lot of stuff. Uh, you know, She's got the crowd back. And Twerk has a round that's not as good as his first, but a good round. It's a debatable round to me. You know, I personally might edge twerk just based off. I like his delivery and, you know, some of the way he writes things better. But it's a debatable round. Third round, coffee comes out. She does exactly what she does. She has a little bit uh, a good round better than her first, but not great. Twerk comes out. He raps for 90 seconds. Now, he says the crowd wants me to stop. I'm going to stop. You know, the crowd doesn't really mean stop. The crowd's not sitting there like, no, we don't want to hear the best twerk bars of all time. Stop. You know, that's not what that means. Literally, you know. So that's on twerk. Like, you got to keep rapping. He raps 90 seconds. Coffee has a full round. I give Coffee the round off of judging battle rap off round by round like that. Coffee gets the third to me because twerk raps 90 seconds. Time. I gave you a little bit extra grace there. I gave you probably a 30-second grace period on top of Thank that you. 130. Thank you. Um, but, but I – so I'm going to – twerk's first. At – if I, I quit, if you haven't seen Creed, right? If, just think about any movie in the Rocky series, right? It starts off like this: Twerk comes out, a couple of nice little jabs, you know, kind of setting the tone. Then he hits that four focus bar, which Twerk, listen, I'm a big guy. You're not getting no four focus anyway. It's like back um, in the Buick commercials. It's like <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he hits the he hits the the four focus bar, and then it was bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb the three hours ahead sun bar tonight sun yep. still up and count oh my god like the brown crazy. versus the board of education crazy crazy they crazy. get comfortable I mean, crazy uh, yeah i mean he just had bomb. It, it, and it's like it, from that point on it was rocky movies it is just just faces just going back and forth from punches, if you can KO somebody in the first round, they're, she's done. It's it, the match is over. You know, if it, if if it's yeah. not right, you can KO somebody in the first round. That match is over. Twerk wins. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I got twerk. 
I got him 2-1. I think he did enough to win the second. I think Coffee. it was kind of crazy. Like, I feel like Coffee had lines that were not getting enough reaction mm-hmm. in her second. She had some really delivery nice based. bars. It's very delivery-based. And I do wonder, some of that is first time on the main stage, mm-hmm. first time return, right? She just had a baby, I believe. So congratulations to her. I believe she just had, had a baby. So I don't know if, if, if you know, the fitness is there yet to, to be back in that setting. Um, but I'm definitely interested in watching her continue to show and prove and watching her get more plays. So shout out to y'all, man. Um, let's jump into this next battle. Um, Jazz and Charlie Clips. Uh, here we go. I'm a, you kick it off. Minute 30 seconds. It's on you. I think this is also the one that we both predicted. We both predicted Jazz to win. Um, <clears throat> if you flash back the last episode, I picked three males to win, two females to win. That's exactly what happened as far as app votes or, or caffeine votes was concerned. Um, <clears throat> I thought Jazz came out strong in her first round. I thought she had a really good first round. Um, and I think that basically Charlie Clips just, he was a very bad Charlie Clips. And I, I'm not going to sit here and like say that Jazz was bad because whenever the energy is completely off with your opponent, you know, and they're just that bad, it's hard for you to command that crowd and get them back into your next round and everything. People were coming to see charismatic, electric, aura, star power clips, and they didn't get that at all, you know? And so after her first really good round, boom, now all of a sudden she has to carry the the, the, the energy of the crowd. And she didn't have material to carry it heavily like a twerk could with, a, I'm strapped in and get them all right back. She didn't, you know, but I did think that she had, you know, a C plus B, performance against a really bad clips and i thought she beat him clearly um the whole black jesus coming out and all that all those theatrics and stuff when the crowd's not with you it makes for just like a uh it just doesn't hit the same way benji lolo just he's not rapping very well the stuff's not hitting you know so yes people say it's a very bad battle not a good battle but shout out to jazz you know she came three rounds prepared and clips didn't and uh jazz won clearly so all right I'm, I'm being generous with this timer. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling time on you. You went a little bit all over time, there. man. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling time. You better be last four, last time. four, last four, and then my slogan. Last <laughs> four, and then my slogan. Oh <laughs> um, man, listen. Um, I went back and watched at least the first round, and you know I've seen some people say, "Well, the the, the crowd was not good. The crowd was good." And I'm going, no, that's not true. It's absolutely not. The first round, they're reacting to Charlie's material. They're reacting to Charlie's material, but I don't think Charlie is feeling like they're reacting like they should. And then he starts to fight the crowd. And once you start to fight the crowd, like, did you not? Were you not one of the millions who watched Hitman and Easy clips? Like, do you not know? Like, rookie mistake. Like, you know not to fight the crowd. It's not going to go well for you. He tries to rebuttal the crowd. They don't like it. And from there, it was over. It was over and done. And my thing with Clips is my frustration with Clips. And his first round's not bad. It's also not good. Um, and my, my frustration with Clips is, and I've been telling people that, um, you know, before you got into battle, before you got me into the culture completely, I was not a battle rap fan. I didn't watch. Clips was the first artist I binge watched. Um, he battled T-Rex. They went viral on my timeline. All my friends are talking about it who were into the culture. I watched the battle. Then I start. I watch a best of and like two other high performances. And I don't remember the battles in particular, but Clips was the first battle rapper where I went. He's the best in the world. Mm-hmm. 
before I'd even checked out anybody else. And so if for someone that I do hold in such high regard to see him come out with three rounds of wild style, like it's just, that just wasn't, it wasn't it chief. It wasn't it for me. I mean, you got three Letterman, you know, he, he done got to the Jamaican Patois. He throwing a pen. He the blood clot. I mean, like he was speaking in tongues at one point. I don't know what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so it's sorely disappointing for me to see that type of performance. And he's got another battle coming up. Is it this weekend? It's he's got he's got another battle lined up, I feel like, coming up. I don't know if he's on the King Bow event, but either way, like I I don't know. Like I'm hoping the next time he steps up to the plate that we get a better clips performance. Um, like you said, Jazz is just okay. And that and that's about all I have to say about that. Um, so let's jump into the main event, the final battle of the night, Tay Rock versus Miss Hustle. Who you got? <clears throat> this is uh, admittedly the only battle I haven't seen all of uh, yet. So I watched the first two rounds. Um, and Miss Hustle, she did. She put blood in the mouth of Tay Rock in that first round. You know, um, I thought mm. I thought Tay Rock. You know, he came out and he he goes first and he's just got a kind of average round, not any kind of vintage rock or anything like that. And Miss Hustle takes that first round. Tay Rock's second round was a rivals for like battle or round of the night you know um he gets in his bag um so i haven't i haven't seen this thing in its in its full and i think this is the most debatable battle and i think this because it's the most debatable battle most people are calling this battle of the night but i don't know i haven't i haven't watched you know um hustle second third yet uh so i I can't really call it like on what i had it but i think it is a debatable battle so let me ask you this did you i don't did you see some of the friendliness that went on during the battle? Yes. I don't know if you made it that far enough. Okay. I felt like so, I felt like because they have so much history in like like things and angles and different things that could have happened. I felt like that there probably could have been a conversation before that was just like, yo, like we're not really about to go out here and air out all this dirty laundry and you know do all this kind of stuff. Like I felt like that could have because it did seem it did seem um, a little more friendly than I anticipated. I thought it could get I thought it could get very messy very quick. And then um, another thing is Tay Rock's uh, conversational ad libs are unparalleled, you know, like they, they really just are, you know, you thought she was going to a beach, <laughs> you know, like just like Tay Rock, it, 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 that that's part of entertaining too. And Tay Rock is an entertainer and he is a high level battle rapper. So uh, once I watch it, I'll kind of let you know, I know that, like you said, caffeine had Tay Rock edging it or winning it. And uh, that gave the, the males three wins to females too, but um, I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I was not watching the battle. Like I didn't. I had it, it had earbuds in, and I was listening to it as I moved around the house. And the first time I heard "I love you," I I had to stop and grab. I had to stop. What did he just say? Yeah. Like what's happening? Like she's barking on you right now, and you like, and it was, and it was like, it was like, it wasn't just like. Oh, I love it. Like, like, yeah, let our rock sometimes you give you the golf clap when something lands. It wasn't that. It was like, no, I love you. And I'm like, excuse me? And then I look again, and he's like, she's landing haymakers. She's like, it's me. And he's like blowing kisses. Like, I'm not going to recreate this on cam. You can go watch it on caffeine. Yeah. Spend the 25. But he's like, like air kissing. And I'm like, bro, what's happening right now? Now, it does not bother me the way that it bothers most. But you're right. Like with the history that they had, that was very toxic. I'm glad to see that it got to a, a, a better place. I do kind of wish they would have saved that for the end of the battle. Not that I necessarily, because it, it feels like you're breaking the fourth wall a little bit, right? Like, it's just like, yeah. we really hate each other, but not 
really. I love yeah. it. I will say though, the the shock trauma setup from Tay Rock was perfect because he he had already been telling me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanna. Not perfect. You don't it wasn't perfect. So. I'm just saying, but I'm saying because in terms the word of the way it was, fluid it does not exist. Oh come on. see, this is where this is where you are not tapped in. All you know is Rocky Top. In certain parts of battle rap, flute out is in the is in the hip hop lexicon. I forget who did it. I can't remember who did it, but she was talking about getting flute out. It's a part of the lexicon. It's just it's there. It's there. So it that's is? okay. Why it's perfect. I, I don't know that's that viral moment or that lyric or whatever it must be, but I'll Listen. go back to the person that said it first and tell them, flute out is wild, <laughs> and that's why it's a part of the lexicon because okay. it was when she said I can't remember who said it, and somebody's going to comment is going to connect me. Is going to say, "Hey, this is what it what it's from." But yes, that battle was nice, Mama Ward. It ex- absolutely was. But like, but yeah, like when well, he set that up perfectly. And then what about like, smack at the trauma. end, asking the crowd if they want some cake? <laughs> I mean, look, man, we got love for smack. We got love for smack. Smack, <laughs> smack, gonna do what smack gonna do, man. You know, I say this too in closing. Thank God URL URL does not have an HR department because they would have been hollering at smack. At the end of the event, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, shout out to Tay Rock <laughs> for his 50th URL battle. Now, I, I, I definitely is he the leading URL? Like, does he have the most battles on URL? Is I mean, is that was that just celebrated because it was Tay Rock? Or and I might have to hit up France. I don't know if it, somebody else has more URL battles than Tay Rock. So that's a great question. I was this is I know not your favorite guys in the world, but I was watching the Bar Guys. Shout out to Black Compass Media with uh, Cola and Polo. Um, and they mentioned Suge having 54. So I don't know if that was just 54 battles total or 54 URL battles, but they mentioned him having 54. So I don't know. I, I think it's because Rock has been seen as the face. Yeah. Right. He's been, he's, he's been, and let me give Tay Rock his flowers. He's been one of the most consistent Indeed. battle rappers. Um, when I first got into the culture, and and I asked you, give me a list of guys I need to check out. You were like Tay Rock, and I'm and at first I wasn't I wasn't on the train, like I wasn't with it. But then, like you know, I think I watched. It was maybe him and Nitty and Hollow back to back, and I was like, oh, I get it now, I get it. And ever since then, like you have to like again, whether you think he won or lost, he's always going to give you three solid, consistent rounds. He's going to be the gum bar king. So shout out to Tay Rock, man. Congrats on 50. I know he said he's going to take a break. It's well-earned, well-deserved. Please enjoy that time off, man. And and salute to you. Salute to you. Indeed. indeed. All right, man. Anything else you want to say about Kings versus Queens before we wrap it up? Um, Definitely thought it was the weakest of the four. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it comes after they start charging. I know that's not um, uh, what you really want is to start charging for pay-per-views and then have, you know, like the weakest. I mean, we we going into it, we thought it was a star-studded lineup, honestly. So it's not like you could predict that, you know. Um, But I definitely thought it was the weakest. Um, Once again, Shuni, I had her as performer of the night, you know, with with DNA, uh, a close second. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to see if they have a Kings vs. Queens 5. And then also, you know, like there's matchups, I think, that are intergender that could end up on Gnome or, or Summer Madness that don't have to be a Kings versus Queens, you know. And so kind of eager to see that as well. So um, hopefully these ladies will still get booked on, you know, light works and app events and, you know, volumes and different things like that. Um, 
But uh, and I'm definitely eager to see Loso and Miss Hustle on bullpen here in three weeks. I think that's going to be a very, Ooh. a very, very good inter battle. So, um, absolutely. You know, yep. Shout out to John John and bullpen. That card looks very, very nice. A lot of dope yeah. matches on that card coming up. Make sure y'all grab the pay per view for that. Also coming up events. Um, create for you, I believe, King Bob. Yep. That event is going down this weekend. Yep. This weekend, yes. Right? Um, so he'll be battling daylight. I know Jazz and RX, Twerk, and T-Top. Ace Amin, Craig Lamar. Ace Amin, Craig Lamar. So shout out to all those MCs on that card. Good luck to all of you. I will say this in closing, because we are in this uh, era of pay-per-view, right? Like, please understand that when you spend your money, I get it. We all want stellar performances from these MCs, but we don't know everything that's going on around them in their personal life, what they've had to get to to get to this moment. So yes, while yes, we can critique bad performances. We can, we can celebrate the great ones, but please understand that spending your $25, your $50, your $60, 65, whatever does not entitle you to a plus performances. It's live entertainment. You get what you get that night. Um, and if you if you like what you saw, please continue to celebrate, uplift those that you like, um, continue to pour into these MCs, give them their flowers while they're here, man. Because like, you know, Surf, you know, he called in to um, thank you, Luke P. It's a great podcast. Enjoyed the recap. Thank you very much. Um, Surf called into the spaces, man. And like it hurts my heart, man, to see that man like behind bars in that situation. Um, no matter how you feel about Surf, he was battle rap energy man like he brought that energy to the culture and so we miss him man free surf hopefully things will turn in your favor and you'll be back with us once again so to all the mcs on the king versus queens car all the mcs for the events coming up man i appreciate you thank you for what you provide and um good luck so man that's been our show um thank you war for sticking around i appreciate it um shout out to danny thompson uh, thank you. We'll thank him for joining us tonight. We will have him back as we go through the rest of the season into the playoffs. You can go check him out. He's a contributor at the three point conversion.com. His sub stack is titled the wonderful world of data. I'll try to get links to those things, drop them into the YouTube. So you guys can cho- go check those out. And until next time, it's been a black and white thing, man. We will holler at y'all next week. I am a ward.com. I am a merch.com for all things a war related. Remember, at Brands and Bars on the Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, IG, all that good stuff, man. Y'all have a good night. Go Vols. Go Vols.